Hi, everyone. Welcome back once again to another episode of the Knowledge Group Podcast, offering you a forward look at what you can expect to hear from our Knowledge Group webcast. And on this particular episode, we're going to be joined by our panel on the September 7th webcast, kicking things off at 12 p.m. Eastern and lasting for an hour and a half. We'll be talking about BSA, AML Enforcement Trends, Regulatory Guidance for an Effective Compliance Program. The panel for this webcast consists of Elaine Wood, Ian Herbert, and Brad Dragoon. Without further ado, we'll turn things over to our speakers. Hi, I'm Ian Herbert. I'm counsel in the White Collar Criminal Defense Group at Miller & Chevalier in Washington, D.C. I help advise individuals and entities in government investigations related to financial crimes, including bribery, tax fraud, sanctions, security fraud, etc. I represent multinational corporations, offshore trustees, and financial services companies, and so much of my work has a multi-jurisdictional aspect to it. And given that background, the passage of the Anti-Money Laundering Act of 2020 and other recent regulatory developments have been significant to my practice. The AMLA created a host of new penalties for violations of the Bank Secrecy Act, It also created a federal registry of beneficial ownership information for U.S. companies, and it expanded subpoena power for federal law enforcement related to foreign banks that use correspondent U.S. dollar accounts. In addition to the AMLA, FinCEN is also expanding record-keeping requirements on real estate transactions, and Congress is considering the Enablers Act, which proposes to add gatekeeper professions to the BSA definition of financial institutions. All of this is part of a concerted effort on behalf of the U.S. government to combat money laundering and illicit finance through the U.S. So in this webinar, we're going to walk through some of the most important aspects of this new anti-money laundering legislation and regulation and talk about the practical implications of those laws. As a lawyer focused on white-collar criminal defense and compliance, I intend to focus primarily on the effect of the new criminal penalties. My name is Brad Dragoon, and I'm a principal in the risk investigations and analytics practice at Charles River Associates in New York. I'm a certified fraud examiner and anti-money laundering specialist with more than a decade of experience in financial crimes investigations, sanctions compliance, and open source intelligence. I've served as an independent consultant to multiple financial services firms under regulatory scrutiny, and I've advised various types of organizations on AML and sanctions-related matters. My experience includes the de-risking of correspondent banking relationships, transaction remediation, high-risk customer onboarding, sanctions disclosure, and suspicious activity reporting. The Anti-Money Laundering Act of 2020, commonly known as AMLA, part of the National Defense Authorization Act for 2021, has been described as the most significant changes to federal AML laws since the passage of the Patriot Act in 2001. This new legislation will have a significant impact on the oversight functions of organizations traditionally defined as financial institutions but will also impact those organizations which commonly sit outside of typical financial channels, such as art and antique dealers. Notable mandates of AMLA are the expanded whistleblower protections and the Corporate Transparency Act, which for the first time calls for the establishment of a nationwide corporate beneficial ownership registry. While this registry is non-public, information may be shared with regulators, law enforcement, and financial institutions conducting internal client reviews. And understanding under which circumstances this registry should be leveraged and how to use such information will be critical in combating financial crime. Finally, no AMLA discussion will be complete without the mention of its effect on the regulation of cryptocurrency and the world of decentralized finance. The passage of AMLA amended the definition of monetary instrument to include value that substitutes for any monetary instrument. And these changes to legal classifications will have significant ramifications for crypto exchanges 
and other dealers of virtual currencies. My name is Elaine Wood. I'm a vice president at Charles River Associates in the Risk Investigations and Analytics Group. I'm an expert in compliance, focusing on fraud detection and prevention and on money laundering programs and protocols. I'm an attorney by training, a former federal prosecutor. I institute a court-appointed monitorship against the New York Restaurant Workers Union to route out organized crime and money laundering and restore integrity to the flow of union, union funds. I also worked in asset forfeiture and worked on many money laundering cases with the DEA. And we seized some amazing pieces of art long before there was AML legislation pending on art and antiquities. In private practice, I have worked with financial institutions and banks and their associated entities to set up protocols to spot red flags for financial theft and money laundering. Most recently, I have begun working with banks that have cryptocurrency exchanges as clients. How to vet the wallet, how to use the blockchain for good, to cash in and cash out. Today, the definition of what constitutes a financial institution is expanding. Related firms and advisors are coming under new scrutiny. The focus is the notion of good corporate citizenship is evolving. We work with clients who have good intentions. These firms find the best success when they take a smart, practical approach to compliance. Successful programs and protocols ideally aim to be both effective and efficient. New efforts to comply must be designed to fit the institution and not bankrupt the entity. I work on the practical end of things. How does the new scrutiny change a firm's risk assessment? What existing systems are in place that can adapt or pivot to function for additional purposes? What new steps or procedures can be instituted that would fit the organization? What steps are necessary to shore up preventions to detect and prevent fraud and provide alerts to spot red flags for money laundering? Key questions include whether you should continue to utilize existing reporting lines, where is it smart to establish independent channels of communication, what role do internal hotlines or complaints play, and how an organization will manage the prospect of new regulatory scrutiny. How do you investigate red flags or complaints? How do you respond to whistleblowers? And finally, what is the role of a chief legal officer? What are the different functions that a compliance officer or an auditor might play? Fundamentally, is the general counsel an advocate or an auditor? Do you separate the role of advocate from the compliance monitoring function? These are some of the questions and debates taking place today on the ground. How do you institute best practices that fit your organization? Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Knowledge Group Podcast. Don't forget, more information about this webcast can be found in our description box below, along with the link to take you to the full agenda for the program on September 7th. We hope you can join us at 12 p.m. Eastern or register to get a copy of the recording if your calendar is full. However you choose to listen, we hope to see you there. And until next time. This has been another episode of the Knowledge Group Podcast. Take care and bye for now.